you're ready to talk fantasy football, then you're ready for the Picking Up the Blitz Fantasy Football Podcast. Here's your hosts, Mike Randall and Scott Burke. We talked about the night before fantasy Christmas, and Christmas is here. We have a gift under the tree. The Patriots and Chiefs are underway. And Scott, my partner, hashtag Gilly gonna eat. Uh, you ain't kidding. You call this one Gilly gonna eat all night long. It looks like first half underway here uh, in New England, and Gilly's got a pair already. So you may have called this one right from the get-go here, Mike. Manja, 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 Scott. Welcome, folks, to the Picking Up the Blitz podcast. Mike Randall here with my partner, Scott Burke. We are going to take you through the best weekend of the year. It's opening weekend in the NFL season. We're going to look at news and notes. We're going to look at the NFC home games, the AFC home games. Scott's got DFS. We got a million things going on, and we got Gilly Eaton. I think I should eat during the podcast. What do you think, Scott, while we're actually doing it in honor of Gilly? Yeah, I mean, I don't think there's a bigger bigger fan out there than you are, so you might as well join him because he's uh, picking apart that Chiefs defense inside the 10. News and notes, my friend. Let's get it going. First quarter. Yeah, Mike, let's get this going here. First quarter up. Let's start, uh, you know, big news right now. Odell Beckham. We've still got some question marks here for Odell Beckham to be ready to go week one. The New York Post reporting the Giants. The Giants teammates sound a lot more confident that Beckham's going to play than he does himself. I wouldn't count it out, Beckham said on Wednesday. His heart, I'm just, it's just not going to make it this easy. I could say that it's a day-to-day thing. I'm really trying to get better. It's been two weeks. I'm itching, I'm itching, but patience and just trust in the uh, process here for Beckham is how he feels about it. Also, Ian Rappaport feels that it's going to be an uphill battle for Beckham to be on the field Sunday versus the Cowboys. And even if he is out there, definitely won't be 100%. Mike, talking about the fantasy impact here with Beckham. Oh, I'm so glad, Scott, that you asked me this particular news item. I want to get something on the record right now for our fans who are just starting to to follow us. You can subscribe to the podcast, folks, on iTunes. You can rate us. Please give us a five-star rating and a comment if you enjoy what you hear. Scott, it's very important to get something out in the open. I believe anyone can be benched at any time. I will take you back two years ago. When I was fortunate enough to win that fantasy title in the league that we were in, I asked you going to that last week, championship week, Scott, do you remember the question? Should I bench Tom Brady at the Jets for Brock Osweiler at home on Monday night? And Scott, do you know what happened? They had the same amount of points. And you said to me, as I said to myself, because I did start Brady, you can't bench Tom Brady. Scott, I'm going to say right now, you can bench anyone. And I think fantasy owners that own Odell Beckham should consider benching him in this game. This is not a good report. Yeah, I mean, I, I got to agree with you because, and you know, it makes this even more difficult for fantasy owners is this game's 830. So now what do you do all day long? You're most likely any replacements you got for Beckham are going to be playing in the one four o'clock game unless you're fortunate enough to have receivers on Monday night. So now you're in a really tough spot because if you wait all day and you decide to leave him in and you don't have a replacement and he doesn't play, you basically cost yourself a week. So this is a real tough, tough decision for fantasy owners. And I have to, you know, myself, if I was a Beckham owner here, I I would lean towards sitting him. And then I'd also lean towards checking out that waiver wire because I bet you in some leagues Sterling Shepard's sitting there. So if if he's questionable to play and you have someone you can let go on your bench, I'd maybe go out and try and pick up a Shepard if he's available. Maybe plug him in and take your chance. Let Beckham sit one week and see how this works out. That is hashtag fantasy brilliance is what that is. Sterling Shepard, absolutely, Scott. That's a no-brainer. I would go to the waiver wire because Adam Thielen, I believe, is probably still available in 25, 30% of leagues. 
I'll Absolutely. go. I'll go this far. You're lucky because if you have Beckham, there are two games on on Monday night. So there's four teams as opposed to two that you can do that for. Ready for this one? You're gonna fall off your chair. I'd start Ted Ginn. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Ted Ted Ginn. You know, honestly, Ted Ginn's a play if he's available. That's that's not a bad play at all. I mean, Willie Sneed's out for three games. Ted Ginn's going to line up as a number two. Um, Xavier, I, Ro- Xavier Rhodes going to go to Michael Thomas, probably. Absolutely. I mean, Ted Ginn, if he's available, I'm, I'm going to guess Ginn was drafted in, you know, I'll say about 60% of the league. So I'm with you on that. He might be about 30, 40% on the waiver wire there. But my first choice would be if he's there is Shepard, because I like Shepard going into this year anyway, despite this injury. I think Shepard gets more looks than people think. People are focused on Marshall. I think Marshall isn't going to be the same player he's been the past few years. He's going to be a big target in the red zone. I like Shepard there. So if he's available, that's my first choice. But if you're telling me Ted Ginn or Adam Thielen are on the wire and they're available, listen, drop that backup defense, drop your backup quarterback, do what you got to do, cover yourself. Because if this guy doesn't play and you get a goose egg and you play him, I mean, you're forfeiting week one. Totally agree. Second one, Scott, Adam Schefter reporting that Rams holdout defensive tackle Aaron Donald is expected to miss week one. He said this is not a surprise, but Sean McVay was holding out hope, but there has been no recent progress. Limited fantasy impact here, Scott, but Rams defense, Colts, Rams, survival pool implications maybe. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, the fantasy impact I think is limited because I think this is the perfect matchup for the uh, for the Rams to have anyway. I mean, with no Andrew Luck for the Colts, uh, you know, an aging running back in Frank Gore. I don't think the Rams are really scared of Scott Tolzien. Listen, we've seen crazier things happen before, but if he's going to miss, you know, this season opener, this is a good matchup for it. I think the Rams defense is still good. Like I said, if this game was in Indianapolis, I may think of it a little bit differently, but it's in L.A. The Rams are home. The Colts are going in with a backup quarterback, a banged up defense themselves. The Rams, the Rams defense will, will get by without Donald, I think, in this game. All right, let's get to another news and notes here. Lions offensive coordinator Jim Bob Cooter on Eric Ebron's role. Quote, it will show itself as it goes. Mike, I don't know what that means, really. I mean, is, is that an endorsement of, of Ebron? Is that a knock on Ebron? I mean, he's really not given us much. You know, there's a lot of hype around Eric Ebron here. He's been in the league now a couple of years. People are looking for him to be a big fantasy tight end target for Stafford and a big fantasy tight end producer in general. To me, that wasn't a ringing endorsement by his offensive coordinator. I mean, how, how do you take that? I take it as if I want an apple to become a bird and I pray that that apple will become a bird, it's not going to become a bird, Scott. Okay. Eric Ebron is what he is. He is an above replacement waiver wire tight end. This is not a ringing endorsement. I don't think this is a motivational ploy. And Scott, you heard all the stuff, right? Anquan Bolden had the second most red zone targets in the league last year in the red zone, right? And yep. now they're saying, well, they got to go to Ebron, right? Well, that's funny, guys, because there's somebody called Golden Tate who's had three seasons of 90 plus receptions who is now moving into the slot role. So I'm never, miss- gets a- never gets any respect. And, and Stafford's got to miss something. If you're Matt Stafford, are you now going to throw to Eric Ebron? Eric Ebron is not a guy who is getting targeted in the red zone. He may develop into that. Who knows if there's going to be injuries? I'm leaving the door open. Week one, Scott, I'm not playing him. Not me either. Uh, next one, Scott, the Rubik's Cube, that is uh, the Seattle backfield. Thomas Rawls is practicing in full for week one against the Packers. Scott, there was an earlier report where Pete Carroll was non-committal about Rawls' status. Do I dare even ask you, Eddie Lacy, CJ Procise, Chris Carson, Thomas Rawls? Can you figure it out? 
No, I mean, we, we, we touched on this a little bit last episode. I mean, this is one of those that, you know, it's like you get the roll of the dice, give each one of them a couple of numbers each, roll it, see what happens, and maybe that's where you go. I mean, I personally, I stay away from Eddie Lacy in general. I mean, if Rawls is healthy and he's going to be on the field and we get any indication, I think he might be the guy initially to start with because they, they've had high hopes for him now for two seasons, and he just hasn't been able to stay healthy. I don't really trust Eddie Lacy anymore. I mean, I got I got to see something out of him in a couple weeks, you know, in a couple weeks for him to produce, to, to actually – believe that he can produce fantasy wise for owners this season uh, and cj Procise might have the best upside of them all with his pass catching ability and be in all purpose back first second and third down but you know like you said what is the rubik's cube and the uh, spin of the dice the roll of the dice that is the seattle backfield i can't touch it until there's some clarity i don't think there'll be any clarity for a couple weeks all right, so let's let's go let's uh, go right back to the Giants. I've got another one here. ESPN Giants reporter Jordan Renan expects expects that first round tight end Evan Ingram is going to play about sixty percent of the offensive snaps. The Giants they, they did bring in uh, Rhett Ellison, who's a blocking tight end. He's going to start and probably handle rundowns. What do what do you expect here from Evan Ingram as far as if he's on the field for sixty percent of the offensive snaps? Is that enough to warrant? some fantasy play or some fantasy looks, or is that just not enough for you? Oh, Scott, I'm, I'm so excited if I own Evan Ingram because he's so skilled that they had to bring in Rhett Ellison to block. Let me tell you, I am just gushing with confidence about the 170-pound Evan Ingram in the slot as a tight end. Give me a break. Here's what's going to happen, Scott. I'm hot with Gilly. I'm going to go with this one. The Giants' offensive line is going to get lit up like a Christmas tree for the first half of the season. When that happens, the tight end must be able to block. They're going to use Red Ellison. They're going to keep other guys in to block. And Evan Ingram is going to be that sporadic seam pass guy. He is not going to get the volume. He is not even in the same ballpark as an Eric Ebron, who I'm not that high on. He's got to be able to block. They're not going to trust Eli Manning with a guy like him who weighs 100 pounds dripping wet. He is an out of position at tight end. No way. No interest in Ingram. Ridiculous. I didn't like the pick to begin with. And tight ends usually come along along slow as a rookie, Scott. No way I'm off of Ingram. Yeah, I mean, that offensive line is so bad to begin with. Red Ellison's going to be in there more often than not because they, they're going to need him to help block. I mean, we know Eric Flowers is terrible. The Giants didn't really address that line. You brought Ellison in for a reason. He's not there to catch passes. He's there to be a six man on that offensive line. He's going to be in there a lot more than we think. One more, last one, news and notes. And Scott, how could I not bring this up? Kyle Long, an offensive lineman for the Chicago Bears, did not practice Wednesday. Long is recovering from the broken ankle he suffered in November. The GM, Ryan Pace, said he has no doubt Long will return, but at least it looks like he will miss week one. With Long out, they're taking Cody Whitehair, switching him to left guard while Ronis Grasso starts at center. Scott Jordan Howard, talk to me. Uh, Jordan Howard's going to be just fine. Uh, <laughs> Cody Whitehair, the Bears are very high at Cody Whitehair. He's a good offensive lineman. He can take that position, take your chances at center with uh, Ornus Grasso. I'm not worried about Jordan Howard in this matchup. The Falcon run defense is still not that good. Give me Jordan Howard. He'll be fine this week. Don't stress it. There we go. NFC home games coming up, folks. Second quarter. All right, NFC home games. We're going to do this every week for you folks. We're going to take a run at the games here. We're going to talk about the interesting fantasy players, and some of them are obvious that you're starting. So we're not going to go through the obvious ones, but we're just going to go through the ones that maybe are a little questionable. Scott, let's kick it off. Philadelphia at the Redskins. Talk to me about Nelson Aguilar. Talk to me about LeGarrette Blunt, Carson Wentz, Pryor, Crowder. What do you think? Jordan Jordan Reed, is he healthy? 
Uh, for me on the Eagles side here, I mean, the the, the must start for me on the Eagles is Zach Ertz. Uh, I think the tight end here, you're looking at a top five tight end this week in Zach Ertz. He last three seasons against the Washington Redskins. He's put together games of 10, 13, and 15 catches in games against them. So for me, he's a must start. Carson Wentz, I mean, he's probably on the waiver wire. You're probably not going to need to start him week one. So I would say he's a stay away. Nelson Aguilar also, to me, is a stay away. Redskins side, listen, Jordan Reed's healthy. You're playing Jordan Reed. Then that backfield, you take your chances with Rob Kelly as a starter. He's going to play. I don't think P. Ryan's going to be much of a factor week one. So Rob Kelly would be a go for me. And Kirk Cousins, you're going to play. You own Kirk Cousins. You start him. He's home. He's playing for that big contract again. Kirk Cousins, you got, you're going to send out there um, in week one. So for me, on the Eagles side, it's Ertz. It's stay away from Blunt. He's not a guy for me. I think there's a lot of question marks in that backfield. I like Smallwood to get some touches. So for me, on the Eagles side, it's Ertz. The Redskins side, Reed, Cousins, and maybe Rob Kelly. All right, let's go to another game here. Arizona traveling to Detroit to play the Lions. Talk to me here. Carson Palmer, is he worth a play? Matthew Stafford. Talk to me about some of these wide receivers. Marvin Jones, Larry Fitzgerald, Jerron Brown, or John Brown? Let me know. Scott, I think Palmer's fine. I think he's a fringe QB1. I mean, he's on the road, so I don't know if he's an automatic start depending on who you have, but I think he's safe. I think he's very... Much like Stafford in this game, two touchdowns, one interception. Stafford is Stafford is is safe. Also, uh, Arizona obviously is a very good defense, but they are home, so I think they're both you know fringe top twelve plays, if you will. I'm not starting Amir Abdullah in standard. Maybe an RB two Scott in PPR. I would prefer Riddick over Abdullah because I feel like his role is clearly defined. I think the production is more predictable. It's sort of less variance there with Riddick and PPR. You're starting Johnson, Fitzgerald. You're starting Tate. You're starting Marvin Jones. You know, Scott, I got to see it with him. I know he started hot last year. You were talking about that, but he ended terribly. I have him as a wide receiver three. Ebron's a low tight end one if you had to. I'm starting John Brown. I'm not going with the Jerron Brown hype because I feel that John Brown is healthy. And when John Brown is healthy and John Brown is indoors, I'm going to play John Brown. He is feast or famine, still a wide receiver three for me. And of course, Scott, I think the Cardinals defense is going to be decent, even though you'll be proud of me. They're on the road. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For you, for you, for you to say that they are on the road, there, but I think the Cardinal defense is still going to be pretty good as well on the road. Uh, I'd be remiss if I didn't kick this one to you. Let's talk Falcons at the Bears. Of course, you can talk about Jordan Howard, but let's talk also about you know, of course, Julio is going to start Freeman versus Coleman, Matt Ryan on the road, Muhammad Sanu and Austin Hooper. What do you got, guys? There's a lot of star power in this game. I mean, both quarterbacks, uh, you know, well, Matt Ryan is a, is, is a go for sure. Both running backs on each side. Jordan Howard is a definite go. Devontae Freeman, you're going to start. Tevin Coleman, if you own him, I play him too in a flex position because I think they, I think he's going to get his touches as well. I put Howard as an RB1. I put Freeman as an RB1. Coleman maybe an RB2 this week. Um, as far as other positions, Julio Jones, obviously uh, no need to really talk. You're playing him without question. Bears wide receiver, Kendall Wright. Give him a little look here. Falcons 29th against the pass last year. He's going to be the number one guy, it looks like, here in Chicago. Let's see if he gets some action there. And your boy Austin Hooper going up against the defense. That was 10th against tight ends last year. I maybe would wait one week here on Hooper. Let me just see how involved he is in the offense. I mean, if you're hamstrung at tight end and you're staring at, you're in a situation where you own Julius Thomas, let's just say, or O.J. Howard, and now that game's postponed and you got to find someone, maybe you can reach for Austin Hooper, but I wouldn't make him my first choice this week. Staying in the NFC as we are in this quarter here. Indianapolis, we talked about this a little while ago. The Colts traveling to L.A. to play the Rams. Is there any fantasy star power in here other than Todd Gurley? Talk to me. 
Scott, I love Todd Gurley. Todd Gurley, I think he's a top three play for me. I'm not touching Moncrief. I'm not touching T.Y. Hilton. I don't want anything to do with either one of those players. The Rams, people are going to say Cooper Cup. There's better options than Cooper Cup. And I still think Robert Woods could be better than him by the end of the year. Tight end, Jack Doyle, if you had to. I mean, Tolzien's going to need a safe play, a safe outlet there in the short to intermediate routes. Not playing Frank Gore. I got to see it for Marlon Mack. Really not much for you here. Gurley, of course, Rams defense. And if you're in an absolute bind, Jack Doyle. But other than that, it's a clear pass. Next one, Panthers headed across the coast, the West Coast, to San Francisco. The Kyle Shanahan, San Francisco 49ers, Scott. Up-tempo offense, Pierre Garçon. Brian Hoyle, you're not Brian Hoyle, you're not starting, but we just started him in two QB leagues. And of course, the Panthers, the Christian McCaffrey, the Jonathan Stewart, Benjamin, is Funchess alive? Hey, I'm going to surprise you a little bit here. You're not starting Brian Hoyer in season-long leagues, but let me tell you something. If you're playing DFS, this is a sneaky play here, Brian Hoyer. He's going to be godforsakenly low-owned. I'm talking 2% or less. Carolina, like 25th call. against the pass last year. They're going on the road. You know, every every first week in the NFL these past few seasons, we have that one or two games that really just kind of you, you're puzzled by the outcome. And I, I think everybody's expecting Carolina to have a bounce back season and go into San Francisco and win this game. I would not be surprised if San Francisco won this game and they put up 27, 28 points. I actually like Brian Hoyer in DFS big time. He's going to be on a couple of lineups for me and I'm going to stack them. You know, my famous my famous quarterback wide receiver stack. And I'm going to stack them with Marquise Goodwin. I think this is one of those plays where you're going to take a shot in a tournament play where you know, you're know you looking at 300,000, 400,000 people. You want to find some difference makers. I like the Brian Hoyer to Marquise Goodwin stack this week on the San Francisco side. Scott, if that hits, we're charging people for these podcasts. If you hit on the Brian Hoyer, Marquise Goodwin stack, we got to start charging them. I, I love it. It's bold. And well, listen, that's, yeah. But it can happen. You, ha- you have to take a shot here. I mean, if I came out and told you, you know, Cam Newton and Greg Olson, I mean, that's going to be owned. And I don't like Cam Newton this week. He's coming off a bad injury. We got to see something. We gotta, he's not going to run anymore. It's already been, We know his running is going to be very limited. The play is Greg Olson on the Carolina side. As far as the Carolina running backs, Eileen Jonathan Stewart, I know you like that call better than Christian McCaffrey. I think Stewart will be an RB2. But those are my plays, and I, like a season long, I wouldn't really focus on the Niners, but if you're playing DFS, I'm telling you, take a shot with Hoyer to Goodwin. Worst case scenario, it doesn't work out, but if it does work out, it's going to make a big difference for you. Yeah, Scott, really quick, I agree with you. I, listen to the thing. I, I like Christian McCaffrey. I, I We talked about Kareem Hunt, Marlon Mack, these sort of rookie running backs, but when push comes to shove, your veteran coaches, Scott, they're going to lean on the, the, the veteran running back. So in a big rushing situation. It's not going to McCaffrey. It's going to Jonathan Stewart. In PPR, I think McCaffrey's fine. I agree with you, but I like Jay Stu for the close touchdowns. I agree. Potential NFC championship, NFC playoff a preview here early week one. Seattle traveling to Green Bay. Seahawks at the Packers. We already discussed the crowded backfield that is the Seahawks running game with Lacey, Rawls, and Procise. Russell Wilson's at quarterback. They let Jermaine Curse go to the Jets in a trade. So we got Doug Baldwin, Paul Richardson, Green Bay side, I mean, Aaron Rodgers, we don't have to talk about that at all. He's a, he's a lock every week. Running back, there's a little bit of question mark there. I mean, Ty Montgomery is the guy, but, you know, Jamal Williams is lurking in the backfield. Talk Seahawks, Packers. Besides the obvious ones, I just want to mention this real quick. You're starting Russell Wilson even on the road. The guy is healthy. He's going to rush. He's going to be a matchup nightmare. Remember, there was a game, I think it was in St. Louis years ago, Scott, where uh, they were losing in the first half. He had like six fantasy points and he went ballistic in the second, had like 40 points, something like that. You can never count this guy out. I think this game is going to be like this. You'd be interested in my wide receiver plays. Obviously, Jordy Nelson. I don't care about Richard Sherman. 
he's in, he's matchup proof. The other one, Scott, I'm going to go with is Randall Cobb over Devontae Adams. Here's why. Cobb is going to be in the slot. Adams is going to be outside. Adams is not a shifty wide receiver, and Seattle has a really good defense. I think they're going to hit the seam route. I also like Martellus Bennett for that reason. I'd have no trouble starting him against Seattle. Seattle's always had trouble with tight end. I have no problem with that. On the Seattle side, I have no interest in the running backs. No, thank you. I want to have prediction. I don't want to take a flyer on Eddie Lacy. Although if you want to go revenge game, I guess you could. But I'm not taking a flyer on those running backs. There's much better options. You're starting Doug Baldwin. I also would, as a wide receiver three, Scott, I have no problem with Paul Richardson, especially with Curse not there. And so across the board, Jimmy Graham also is a, is a phenomenal start. I put him in my recent article, uh, Fantasy uh, 100 Fantasy Facts Volume 3. So those are my starts. Yeah, I like Richardson too. Uh, 32nd ranked pass defense of the Packers. I like Richardson. It's season long and I do like him in DFS as well. Salary is real low. Touched on this a little bit. Giants at Cowboys. We talked about Odell, but let's look at some of the other people. Paul Perkins, Scott, Eli Manning. Where do you have him? Dak Prescott. Des Bryant has done nothing. I think he had 20 total yards last year in two games against the Giants, 28 yards, something like that. Is he a, a definite start? And then Cole Beasley, Jason Witten. I know you had him in your article. Yeah, I mean, I like Eli Manning a lot. Um, Eli Manning has had some, we talked about this last week. Um, he's had some big games against the Cowboys, especially in Dallas. I think that split was two and a half touchdowns to one interception, nearly 275 yards passing in those games. So for me, Eli Manning has got potential to be a QB1 in this game. Uh, like we said, we're laying off Odell Beckham this week because you know the injury is just too much of a question mark. So if Sterling Shepard's available, I play him as a wide receiver, two, low, low two, high three candidate, but someone who can maybe make a play for you this week. Laying off Paul Perkins, I, I, I'm, I don't believe in the hype. I know you don't believe in the hype. I think the goal line touches are going to dark while there, and I think Vereen's going to be a lot more involved in this game in any of these games than we people are thinking. Dallas side, listen, Prescott. You're going to play him. Um, I think he's down, set for a down year, but you're going to play Prescott this year, uh, this game here. Quarterback one, quarterback two potential. My play on the Cowboys side, obviously Zeke, you're going to play him as well. But Jason Witten, Witten last year in the same game in Dallas was targeted 14 times by Prescott, caught nine balls. He's got seven touchdowns over the last four years against the Giants. So Jason Witten, he, and he's available in some leagues. So he, if you're looking for a tight end, pick him up. He hasn't been drafted in many. He was in my article. As a, as a top five tight end for week one. So for me, Jason Witten is a definite must-start as he's had some big games against the Giants, especially in Dallas. Final one for us in the NFC. It's going to be Monday night. New Orleans talked, called this the revenge game last week. Adrian Peterson and the Saints traveling to Minnesota to play, go up against his heir apparent, Dalvin Cook and the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, besides those names, we got some new faces in this rivalry, or not rivalry, but new faces in this game. Michael Thomas becomes the lead guy. Drew Brees is still there. Ted Ginn on the New Orleans side, Minnesota. Kyle Rudolph is a question mark, may not play. He's banged up. Talk to me about this one. Just like I said, Gillis, he's getting a touchdown tonight. Peterson's getting a touchdown in this game. He's fired up. He's a Hall of Famer. You have a healthy, fired up Hall of Famer in a revenge game, Scott, which I agree with. You're starting Adrian Peterson. I wouldn't be crazy about Ingram. I think maybe an RB2, but I would probably look for a better option. Michael Thomas, Xavier Rhodes, that's a really tough call for me. Your only hope is that... They move Thomas around. I would not feel great about starting Thomas here against Xavier Rhodes. I do like Ted Ginn as a wide receiver three. I mentioned that before. In our league, ironically, Scott, one of the leagues that we're in together, I realized today I had Jameis Winston, obviously not playing, and Andrew Luck in um, on the IR. So I had to go pick a quarterback up, and I feel really confident about Sam Bradford. I think Sam Bradford, Scott, is going to be a top 15 
fantasy quarterback this week. I don't think he's going to be top five, okay? But I think he's going to be close to a, to a QB1, and he's on the waiver wire. I think it's a reasonable play. You've talked about Dalvin Cook. I'm going to tell you right now that Latavius Murray is going to get those goal line carries, but Cook may still have a big game because it's the Saints. Diggs versus Thielen, not crazy on Diggs. I think he's a little feast or famine for me, and there's always the injury concern, so I'd probably lean Thielen. And of course, if you have Kyle Rudolph, you have to be uh, comfortable playing him. You got it. Let's get the quarter three, Mike. AFC. Here we go. All right, first game on the AFC docket as we start quarter three. Not many people expecting much from this game at all. Uh, you got the New York Jets traveling to Buffalo to take on the Buffalo Bills. Fantasy impact is probably minimal in this one besides for LaShawn McCoy. Is there anybody we could play here in this game that's worthwhile? Besides McCoy, somebody I, I was on the uh, Just Talking with Sam podcast out of Detroit earlier today. Maybe Zay Jones, if you really had to. I wouldn't feel comfortable yet. I'm starting to warm to the idea, Scott, of Tyrod Taylor against the Jets, but I'm going to say something right now. The fact that this game is Buffalo minus nine and a half is insane. It's yeah, absolutely, that's, that, that's it, too much. I mean, I, I know insane. the Jets are supposed to be bad, but yeah, you know, but no. what are we expecting for Buffalo? Would you be shocked if the Jets beat the Bills? Is that like the most shocking thing I've no, ever heard? They've had a fire sale. Not. They got rid of Sammy Watkins. They got rid of Darby. They're dumping everybody. So I think the Jets will be okay. I think this is a close game either way. Todd Bowles, no Sheldon Richardson, but Scott, of course, he's going to He's going to have a great defense out there for him. So outside of that on the Jets, if you had to go Safarian Jacobs, that's fine. Here's one I really like, though, in this game, besides McCoy of everyone, Charles Clay. They're going to need a receiver. They're going to need a safety valve. Jets are not great against uh, fancy tight ends. I think they were third worst in the league last year. Charles Clay is healthy. He's going to produce. I won't guarantee a touchdown, but I will guarantee in PPR at least double-digit fantasy points in PPR. So uh, besides McCoy, I would go Clay. Yeah, it makes sense to me. And uh, this game's got a knockout pool all over. Buffalo's going to be very, very uh, high-owned in most knockout pools. And this game's got potential to go the other way. I wouldn't be as high on Buffalo as most people are. So, yeah, I agree with you on that. Here comes one of the best games of the weekend, Scott. Raiders at Titans. Raiders have won two times in a row at Tennessee. Tennessee totally healthy. Scott, sort out the Tennessee Titan wide receiver situation. Talk to me about Michael Crabtree and Marshawn Lynch, another guy who came up today when I was talking to that podcast. Thoughts on him? And do you know that Jalen Richard is the number two listed running back in the Raiders uh, backfield? What do you think? Yeah, I did know that one. Um, yeah, this this game's got fantasy points galore written all over it. Both quarterbacks, Mariota and Carr, they're both quarterback one this week. Yeah, you're going to play both of them if you have them. I happen to own both in a couple leagues. Just a, start, just a draft the way I went this year looking to lock up Carr and Mariota from a running game standpoint. Marshawn Lynch, I, you know, he, I need to see a little bit from him. He's been out for a year. I was never really sold on Marshawn Lynch. I think he might be a system guy. He was terrible in Buffalo. He's great in Seattle. Let's see how he does out of Seattle. I almost attribute him to be a little bit of a LeGarrette Blunt type. So let, let's see it. I could be dead wrong on this, but I would lay off him week one. DeMarco Murray is going to play, although I would be concerned with the amount of touches Derrick Henry gets, but to me, DeMarco Murray is a must-start. He is an RB1 this week. Wide receiver side on Tennessee, I lean towards your boy, Rashard Matthews. He's going to be the number one guy there. Not a boy. Tajay Sharp out. Eric Decker is going to be there as well, but to me, the number one target should be Rashard Matthews. Mariota, him a great connection. He's got, he has low wide receiver one potential this week. I put him at a wide receiver two, but he can crack maybe a top 18, top 20 this week. I would not be surprised at all. Um, Decker, I think Decker is a wide receiver too. You'd play him. I would lay off Corey Davis. I know people are high on the Corey Davis hype train. I'd lay off him on that side. From an Oakland standpoint, Mari Cooper, wide receiver one. Michael Crabtree, wide receiver two. Um, and just get to the, t- the tight ends real quick. I have Delaney Walker as a top five tight end this week. He has been nothing but a model of consistency for Tennessee. People forget about him because he's in Tennessee. He goes late in drafts. Delaney Walker is a top five tight end this week 
for the Titans. Let's stay in the AFC with the Jaguars traveling to Houston. This game's going to have a lot of emotion with everything going on in Houston with Hurricane Harvey. Jacksonville takes that beleaguered Blake Bortles and that offense into Houston to face what might be the best defense in the NFL, the J.J. Watt, Jadavian Clowney-led Houston Texans. A lot of emotion going to be in that stadium on Sunday. Uh, Jacksonville, not, you know, is there a lot of fantasy play in Jacksonville? Does Allen Robinson have a bounce back? Do you believe in Blake Bortles or is he still Mr. Garbage time? Who's running the ball in Jacksonville from a Houston side? Any faith in the quarterback? Even the running back situation, any faith there? You know, talk to me about this game. Scott, I'm glad you threw this game to me. This is a very interesting game. Listen, everything that's going on in Houston, of course, we're praying for them, pulling for everybody in Houston. J.J. Watt's done a tremendous job. Of course, that we're going to put that aside right now as we talk about the game, but they're in our thoughts and prayers. Houston has a tremendous defense. You nailed it. I'm not sold on their offense. And I am sold on Jacksonville's defense. I think this is a slobber knocker, Scott. I think this is a very low-scoring game. Blake Bortles, brutal. I'm with you, okay? I don't think Fournette's going to do anything. I think Allen Robinson and DeAndre Hopkins are both going to be frustrated making gestures at each other because neither quarterback's going to get them the ball. It is Tom Savage. Lamar Miller has done nothing. I'm not impressed. I think Deontay, Deontay Foreman can do some things in this game. He's sort of an electric guy in the preseason. I think it's a slobber knocker. I'm with you on Houston, and I'm with you on Bortles, but I don't think Jacksonville's coming in there and rolling over. I do not see this big game being 28-3. to Who would I feel comfortable starting? Starting? I'm not going to play Robinson with the quarterback situation. I'm certainly I'm not playing Fournette. I would not start Fournette in this game. This has like Chris Ivory coming in to steal a touchdown all yeah, over it. Yeah, Fournette with like you can see Yeldon. Rushes. You can see Yeldon yes. getting passing game touch, passing play touches too. Uh, Fournette 15 rushes, 42 yards. I, I can see that. Lamar Miller, if you had to, but I would not count him as an RB one. I have him as an RB two this week. I love DeAndre Hopkins. He has no quarterback. I would not feel comfortable. I would be fine starting the Houston defense, Scott, and I'd be fine starting the Jacksonville defense. I think they're very, very good, the Jacksonville defense. And so while both teams are having trouble, I think I saw something I put out on Twitter today. Dwayne Brown is not going to be playing this game for Houston. That is not a good sign for their offensive line. I think it's the lowest scoring game of the weekend. I like the Bills Jets better than this, Scott. Yeah, I mean, this one's got low scoring written all over, too. I love the Houston defense play. I just throw one at you. How about uh, from a tight end standpoint, Houston, CJ Fedorowitz? There's been a lot of hype about him yeah, in Houston. Yeah, so sure, is, he, is that a potential, you know, maybe a, ten, a tight end two play maybe this week? What do you think? Scott, I'd start him over Eric Ebron this week. Yeah, I'm, so with, I'm probably with you on that, too, because I think Savage is going to need to find someone who's open a couple yards away and on some short passes. I could, I could see that, too. I, I, I'm with you on that. Uh, next one. Here we go, my friend. Steelers traveling to Cleveland. Update. Miles Garrett is not going to play. The Browns did not need that. Roethlisberger on the road. We talked about it. He is not that great. Does he break the, the streak here? There's the obvious one. Scott Antonio Brown, Le'Veon Bell next. We're not talking about those, but I'm really curious about Martavius Bryant. I'm really curious about Vance McDonald. And how about Kenny Brick, Corey Coleman, Isaiah Crowell? Talk to me about Brown Steelers. Yeah, I mean, like I said, we stay away from the obvious. You're playing Ben, you're playing Bell, you're playing Brown. I know it's on the road. I still play Ben here in the opener. Uh, you know, Miles Garrett, you know, talked a lot coming out of that, that draft. How he couldn't wait to get the Roethlisberger. He's going to have to wait a few more weeks because he can't get on the field. Uh, Mart- Martavis Bryant, I know that you, you are, you know, a little up in the air about him with his 3.5 catch per game average over his career. For me, I like the fact that he scored a touchdown every five catches in that short sample size that we talked about last episode. So for me, Brian is going to be a wide receiver to play, so I would play him if you own him. Uh, Vance McDonald, I'm high on Vance McDonald in, from this trade from San Francisco. However, I'm not high on him week one. I think he needs a little time to get adjusted. I don't think he's going to be on the field. Maybe more than 30 snaps. Jesse James will be there. Xavier Grimble. So I'd lay off Vance McDonald right now. I think he's a play in the future. Uh, flipping over to the Cleveland side. 
Isaiah Crowell's a play. I mean, the Steelers' defense is suspect. They're going to give up yards. Crowell will get the ball. He's going to pick up some yardage. So I would definitely play Crowell. Potential to be a high RB2, low RB1. Wide receiver side, I like Corey Coleman. I think Corey Coleman has a chance to pick apart a secondary of the Steelers. That's a little suspect. They have addressed it with Joe Hayden, J.G. Wilcox they brought in, Cody Sensabaugh. But I think uh, of the Browns' wide receivers, Corey Coleman would be the guy that I would play. I would not play Kenny Britt. That's for me from that side. Ravens traveling to Cincinnati to play the Bengals. Joe Flacco is going to play. It was some questions a couple weeks ago that he might not play, that he was hurt. He is going to play. You have wide receivers, question marks there. You have running back, question marks in Baltimore. How about on Cincinnati side? Andy Dalton, you're probably going to start Andy Dalton. Running back, who's the guy? Is it Mixon? Is it Hill? Giovanni Bernard's still there. A.J. Green, you're playing him. Let's let's get a little Ravens-Bengals fantasy impact and fantasy talk. Ravens defense, Scott, didn't give up a point. Uh, the first team defense in the preseason. I'm not so sure I'm starting Andy Dalton. I'm starting A.J. Green because he always does well against the Ravens. Even if he's held scoreless for three quarters, he always explodes in the fourth quarter on some of those bombs. I remember watching those. I would look for better options besides Andy Dalton here. I believe in the Ravens defense. I think they're going to be tough. Offensively, I don't know if I can start any of the wide receivers. If I had to start one for the Ravens, Scott, I'd start Macklin. Uh, I, I, Woodhead, I think, is safe. Terrence West in a pinch, maybe a flex option. For the Bengals, Mixon is a total stay away. I don't want. To, I, I think Hill's going to get the ball at the goal line. The but the safest running back for me is Giovanni Bernard. Giovanni Bernard coming out of the backfield, I think, is the safest play. I don't. I want to see it from Mixon first. Tyler Eifert's a little banged up. The other the other people. I, I think this is a very curious game. I think you, you're saying you're staying safe. I'm not going to start Dalton if I have better options and I can avoid it. He's home. I like him better than Flacco, obviously. If you needed Macklin for a wide receiver three, I'm fine with that. Eifert, I think you're probably going to start and take your chances. AJ Green's an automatic and Danny Woodhead coming out of the backfield because I think Woodhead is a guy who's game script proof, Scott. He can either be in a close game where he's running, he's a scat back, or if they're in the hurry up and they, they need receptions, he's going to be in there. So sort of a tricky game here. Not so sure about that one. Uh, and the other, and last one we got here, Scott, on Monday night, Chargers at the Broncos. No fly zone. Trevor Simeon is starting. Chargers come in. Rivers has a, has a full slate of weapons. Antonio Gates is there. Hunter Henry is there. Melvin Gordon, what are you going to think about him? Not a high um, yards per carry guy, but he's going against a tough defense. Although rushing-wise, they gave up a lot of yards last year. Offensively, you got uh, Demarius Thomas, Emmanuel Sanders. What do you think about this? C.J. Anderson, Scott? Who are you starting here? Yeah, I'm actually – I'm probably one of the few believers in C.J. Anderson. He's the running back on this team. I, I don't think his job's in question yet. I think Jamal Charles is just too banged up to make too much of an impact this past few years. Let's see if he has anything left. So for me, I would roll out with C.J. Anderson against this Charger defense. Uh, Quarterback-wise, I'm not playing Trevor Simeon this week. Um, I'm just not. I don't have enough confidence in him to produce from a fantasy standpoint. Plus, he most likely is owned on maybe only 5 to 10% of teams. And if he is, he's probably in two quarterback leagues. And I still wouldn't play him in a two-quarterback league. Uh, you're going to play Demarius Thomas, I think, because he's going to get the looks that Simeon has. I mean, he's going to be the guy to probably get the most targets, so I would play him. Wide receiver two potential there. Phillip Rivers, he plays well in Denver. You've said it. You like Rivers. He plays well against the Broncos. He's quarterback two potential, so I would play Phillip Rivers if you own him, unless you have a better option. He could be your backup. You most likely have a better option, but if you don't, Rivers is a safe enough play there. Melvin Gordon, I would play as well. He still has RB1 potential. He does well. He can run against the Broncos, who do give up rushing yards. The wide receiver is a question mark for me here, you know, because Keenan Allen's healthy. Terrell Williams is there. Mike Williams is healthy, apparently. Travis Benjamin. For me, I would take my shot on Terrell Williams as the as the wide receiver this week to, to play for the Chargers. Uh, wide receiver three, I think he may be the sneaky play. They'll key in on Allen. They may be polarizing key in on Mike Williams to see what he does when he lines up. And Travis Benjamin's deep threat. I'd take a shot with Tyrell Williams. 
And the tight ends, I think I think when they're inside the 20, Gates Gates will be the guy, but I think outside the 20, it'll be Hunter Henry. I, 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 if you're going to play one of those tight ends, I, I would play Hunter Henry because I think he's going to amass more catches, more yardage, and still have a chance to score. So that that's what it would be for me, Hunter Henry over Antonio Gates. All right, let's hit fourth quarter. All right, Scott, fourth quarter here, man. It's time for a little bit of a rapid-fire situation. I'm going to throw two players at you, and I want you to tell me who you feel more comfortable starting. So if these players were on your team, who would you start? And by the way, if one is PPR and one is standard, you can make that distinction, okay? You got it. Scott, you got Melvin Gordon and Isaiah Crowell. Who are you playing? Playing Isaiah Crowell. Um, yeah, I am a Steeler fan, but here I think that Steeler defense is still going to be suspect, give up some yards. I know Gordon plays well against the Broncos. The Broncos do give up yards, but they're on the road in Denver. Cleveland's at home. Crowell will get the bulk of the, the touches there because Duke Johnson's probably going to line up in the slot, so I would expect a lot of the handoffs to be to Crowell. I'm taking Isaiah Crowell. Scott, Dalvin Cook or C.J. Anderson? Oh, that's a good one. Good I just one, got right? done. Yeah. I just got done saying how much I, I'm, I'm a C.J. Anderson guy this year. I think he's the guy. Uh, Dalvin Cook. You know, it's got the matchup against the Saints. I think on paper people would say Cook, but we haven't seen anything out of Cook. We don't know how involved Latavius Murray is going to be. So for me, Cook was drafted ahead of him, but I would play C.J. Anderson. Interesting. We go differ. I would take Gordon in the first one, and I would take Dalvin Cook in the second one. Here's one more for you. Ty Montgomery or Christian McCaffrey? Ty Montgomery. Uh, I won't even... PPR? PPR or standard, okay. I'm going right. to play Ty Montgomery. I'm going to play Ty Montgomery either way. They they came out, the Packers came out and said that Montgomery, he's not learning this position anymore. He is the running back. He's that guy. He's going to get those touches. I'm playing Ty Montgomery either way. And, and call this one, sorry, one more for you. Let's call this one the RB2 battle, Scott. Jonathan Stewart, Adrian Peterson. Hmm. <laughs> uh, Adrian Peterson. I think he's going to play with some – with a lot of motivation, actually. And I think Sean Payton knows what's going on. Sean Payton's going to get the ball in his hands. I'll take Adrian Peterson to score at least one, maybe two, against his former team. All right, Mike, ra- rapid fire right back at you. Let's go Monday night. Give me Adam Thielen or Rashard Matthews. Ooh, good one. I'm going to say Rashard Matthews in standard, Adam Thielen in PPR. Thielen's going to be in the slot. I like Matthews as if a wide receiver is going to catch a touchdown. It's going to be the guy who was there getting the touchdown. I think he had nine last year. But if you go PPR, I like those short, quick outs on Thielen. All right. Question mark here with Beckham being a question mark. Give me Brandon Marshall or Alshon Jeffrey. Oh, my goodness. Scott, I would start you over Alshon Jeffrey. Alshon Jeffrey last year. and this <laughs> You was, won't go far. And <laughs> Alshon Jeffrey. I put this in my article too. Alshon Jeffrey last year was in a contract year. He really underperformed most of the year. And then Scotty suspended for four games for the substance abuse. He's going against Josh Norman this week. He's going to shadow him all over the place. The people on Twitter are pointing out that Alshon Jeffrey had a good game against Norman. That's great. He's not having a good game in Washington against Norman. Carson, Carson went second year on the road. No, thank you. I'll take Brandon Marshall and Big D. All right, Mike. I have a Golden Tate home against Arizona against Des Bryant home against the Giants. Talk about Des Bryant. Doesn't play well against the Giants. How about Golden Tate versus Des Bryant? Easy one for the fantasy community, but easy for me for a different reason. The answer is Golden Tate. Des Bryant is a goal line guy. He is not a guy who's going to get open in the middle of the 50 and go 30 yards down the field. It's not his game. He's a lob to the back of the end zone guy. The Giants do a great job on him. I'm not going with it. Shut him down last year. Only 20, 28 uh, yards in, in the two games. I'm going with Golden Tate in the slot. I may even call a touchdown, Scott, for that one. That's an easy one. PPR or standard. All right, and let's go with one more here. Jamison Crowder, 
home against the Eagles versus Devontae Adams home against the Seahawks. Oh, it's easy. Uh, Adams can't get open. Uh, Adams is, is a zone sitting in the back. I know he had a great year last year, but I think that's because Cobb was down and Jordy Nelson was coming back from the injury. That's an easy one. My boy, Jamison Crowder. I think Jamison Crowder could lead the league in receptions. That's right. I think Jamison Crowder can lead the league in receptions. That's an easy one. Standard or PPR. All right, Scott, and uh, let's finish it off here. We're going to do this every Friday for you folks. We're going to run down some picks. We will keep track of them. We do not run from our record. We embrace our record. So we're going to pick against the spread. So what Scott and I are going to do is we're going to flip a coin right now, decide who goes first. And then every week, Scott, we will alternate. So if you win, you go first means I'll go first next week. We're each going to pick four games and we will tally our record against the spread. Scott, I have a coin here. You have to believe me. Call it heads or tails. Tails. It is tail, Scott. You have first pick. Go for it. All right, Mike. My first game here, people are probably going to disagree right off the get-go, but that's what I like to do. I like to be a little bit different than everybody else. Carolina's on the road giving five and a half to the San Francisco 49ers. The consensus here is going to be that Carolina will go into San Francisco. They will lay the five and a half. They will win by more than five and a half. I like the 49ers plus the five and a half. Like I said earlier, I think there's a couple of games in that week one docket that always upset the apple cart. People will go heavy on some teams. They will go heavy on some favorites. I like San Francisco at home. Like I said, I like the Hoyer connect. I like Brian Hoyer this week. I like the San Francisco to take to to win this game outright. To be quite honest with you, but I will take San Francisco plus five and a half against Carolina. All right, Scott. On what planet should the Philadelphia Eagles be favored by one on the road? What is the rationale for this exactly? Washington, good offense. Solid pass defense, improved across the board. They are home, but you're taking a sophomore quarterback, Carson Wentz, who, by the way, Scott, had his worst game of the year. He did not throw a touchdown pass in Washington last year. Josh Norman on Jeffrey, we talked about that. LeGarrette Blunt, two yards and a cloud of dust. I'm getting a point with the Washington Redskins at home. Thank you for my first win of the week. Washington plus one over Philadelphia. Yeah, that, that that one I can't figure out how they're, they're getting plus one at home. <laughs> That's a smart pick. I'd take that one to the bank as well. For my second game, we touched on this one a little earlier. I just can't for the life of me figure out how the Buffalo Bills are giving nine points to the New, oh, to New York, to the New York for Jets. That one, then. Oh. <laughs> for me, if the Bills giving nine points. What, what are the Buffalo Bills? I know we're not expecting anything out of the New York Jets. But what are we expecting out of the Buffalo Bills? They traded Sammy Watkins. They People say they didn't, but we believe they fielded offers for LaShawn McCoy. They're in tank mode just like the Jets are. Tyrod Taylor just got out of concussion protocol. How healthy is he? They have no business giving nine points to anybody. I don't, I don't care if it's home or road. Give me the Jets plus nine. Josh McCown's a capable starting quarterback. They'll put up 14 points, maybe 17 points. I don't see the Bills scoring 28. Give me the Jets plus nine. My next game, Scott, is I think that Marcus Mariota is for real. I think the Titans are for real. I love their offensive line. DeMarco Murray, you can run on the Raider defense. Derek Carr had an MVP real NFL season, but I don't think he had an MVP fantasy season. Besides the five-touchdown game in Tampa Bay, he was 14th in in fantasy quarterback points per game. I'm not sure what Marshawn Lynch is going to give you. Amari Cooper is great. I understand that. Tennessee is legit, and Tennessee is good, and they are only giving two. Give me the Titans, Scott, for my second game, minus two at home against Oakland. For my third game, give me the Saints on the road, plus three and a half against the Vikings Monday night. 
I think the Saints offense is going to be just as good as it's been all year long. I love Michael Thomas. I love Drew Brees this game. The Saints offense to me is, is, is good enough to go into Minnesota. I don't know if the Viking defense is going to be as good as it was last year. Three and a half at home for the Vikings with Sam Bradford. I know you believe in him on this week against the Saints defense, but I just believe in Drew Brees more. I know they're not typically the best road team there, but they're going to score some points. I'll take the Saints plus three and a half Monday night against the Vikings. Scott, I'm going with my gut. I picked them in the survival pool. A lot of you got those knockout pools, those fantasy, uh, those survival pools, those knockout pools. I think the Rams have a big game. I don't care that Aaron Donald's not there. I don't believe in Scott Tolzien. I think the Colts are soft. They're flying to the West Coast. They always get off the bad starts, by the way. I feel like haven't they been 0-2 like for the last few seasons? I like the Rams in this one. Jared Goff, Sean McVay, new coach, fired up. Give me the Rams minus three and a half against the Colts for my third pick. Can't go wrong with there. I agree with you on the Rams there. Uh, fourth and final for me. I know you said you think this game might be a little, little bit closer than people think, or at least tight. To me, I think emotions run high here. I just don't think the Jaguar offense is any good. Houston's laying five and a half at home against the Jaguars. I think they win this game easy, 10, 14 points. It may be 17-3. It may be 20-10. Houston at home in that building. They'll be ready to go week one. Texans minus five and a half as your lock of the week. All right, here's my last one. This is with my heart, Scott. I'm going to say it right now, and it's not going to be a popular pick. But I've listened to a lot of fantasy podcasts, a lot of beat writers. The Chargers are for real. I think the Chargers are good. I like Bosa up front and their defensive line. Trevor Simeon, I don't trust. Rivers lives for these moments. I'm taking the Chargers, and I'll take three and a half going into Denver. I know it's mile high. I understand that. But I think the Chargers are really good. I understand the no-fly zone, but Rivers has a myriad of options. Teams don't bring in a myriad of receiving options. Healthy Keenan Allen, Travis Benjamin, Terrell Williams, Antonio Gates, Hunter Henry, and oh, by the way, Melvin Gordon. I'm going to grab the point, Scott. I think the Chargers are going to win the game outright. I will take the Chargers and three and a half for my fourth and final pick. Yeah, I like that pick as well. Chargers, Chargers have potential to be really good, a lot better than people think. So nice job there with that one. All right, folks. So that's it. We are thrilled. We hope you are excited. The Picking Up the Blitz podcast is just getting warmed up here. We just started, but we're hitting it aggressively as we head into week one. Please make sure to follow me at Randall Rant. Scott, where can they find you? You can find me at SCOT557 on Twitter. Uh, you can follow us both, both writing on last word on profootball.com. And you can find on the website, like he said, RandallRant.com. Find a lot of information on the website there as well. Articles, picks, DFS, all that stuff will be up on the website. So you can take a look at that as well. And please, again, if you like us, subscribe. Five stars and a rating on iTunes. Pick and P-I-C-K-I-N apostrophe the Blitz Fantasy Football Podcast. My friend, I can't wait. We got 5 million teams. We got DFS. We got a lot of stuff going on. And we got a pretty good game from Mike Gillisley. Yeah, Mike Gillisley, three, <laughs> three, three, three touchdowns as we get ready to go. And just a quick shout-out on Twitter to our boy Eric, who's really followed us and uh, giving us some love on Twitter following the podcast. So we appreciate that. Anybody else, follow follow us along. Talk to us. Get with us. You know, we, we get you on the air maybe. Talk you know, a little bit of what you said on the uh, Twitter. Get that on the air. So uh, you know, reach out to us. 100%. I'm grabbing a beverage, my friend. Picking up the blitz. <laughs>